Yes, we are back. It is the Chief Zone Podcast with your host, Farzine Vesugian. Appreciate you guys, as always, for downloading and listening to the Chief Zone Podcast. Tell a friend about it. Spread the word. Post it out on social media. Any way you guys can get, get the word out about this podcast, always greatly appreciated here on the Chief Zone Podcast. Uh, I am back from Vegas. Had a fun time last weekend. Uh, and I'll be talking about Vegas in a moment because... There's a big story developing this weekend uh, about the Raiders and possibly moving to Oakland. We'll get into that in, in a moment because it is, of course, it, it affects the Chiefs. It, it's going to affect the AFC West in in some shape or manner, and I think in a positive way. I, I think this whole Vegas-Oakland Raider deal, I, I think it's going to be great. Well, I should say the Vegas Raiders. Uh, I think it's going to be nice, uh, and I'll tell you guys why. If you guys have been to Vegas before, I think you'll really appreciate this perspective that I'm going to share. If you've never been to Vegas, well, I'm going to give you a reason why you should go. So we'll touch on that later on in the podcast here in the Chiefs Zone Podcast. The NFL also looking to make some changes and possibly clarifying some rules, some much-needed clarification uh, that really everybody needs, the fans, the media. Even coaches and players, uh, general managers, front office members, they need some clarification on this. And I hope the owners had a hand in this and forcing the league to come out with some some, some of the clarification. Uh, Troy Vincent, the executive vice president of football operations, uh, he's been very active on Twitter lately talking about how the league is going to come out with certain things. And I'll explain what that is later on as well. And then we'll go out of bounds. And gosh... Uh, those Jayhawks at the Sprint Center. Of all places, you have to lose a Final Four clinching game. Had to be at the Sprint Center. I will touch on that later on. Uh, and I've done some grief lately from <laughs> from some listeners on social media uh, saying, hey, you touched too much uh, about KU uh, near the end of your show. Well, look, uh, I'll bring up KU again. I'm also going to bring up MU and talk about their future and what the, the new recruit means as they got a big... Uh, number one recruit coming in and it's it's a positive thing for MU of course uh, but listen if you're a KU hater you'll love what I have to say later on in the podcast if you're a huge KU fan you, you'll probably disagree with me on this and I know I'm going to be in the uh, probably in, in the sole minority and I'm okay with that I, I, I've never had a problem with that but uh, I've, I've got what, what people call a hot take which I hate that term by the way but uh, it's a hot take, I guess. So I'll bring that up later on in the podcast. But for now, before we start, actually, facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugi. And that's my Facebook page. You guys can also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. Follow me on Twitter. Give the Facebook page a like. You guys can contact me on there. Talk to me on social media. You guys can also send me an email, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. That's one way to listen to it. It's also on my YouTube page, Farzine Vesugian. And on my website, FarzineVesugian.com. So several different ways to listen to the podcast. I was reading Walter Football. And Walter Football, you guys are pretty familiar with this. If you've Googled anything about NFL off-seasons or or NFL draft scouting, Walter Football has has come up on on your Google search. And he's really grown. Walter Chapensky, I believe is his name. Uh, He's really grown the past few years, and I, I was reading his website, and 
He wrote an article uh, basically grading every single NFL team's offseason. Now, he gave an incomplete for some teams. Surprisingly, he did not do that for the Chiefs. And I'll, I'll tell you now, he gave the Chiefs a B-, minus. but in his argument, he said he didn't really know how to grade the Chiefs because what have the Chiefs done? They let go of Jamal Charles. They let Dontari Poe walk. They re-signed Eric Berry, which is obviously a great thing. They added C.J. Spiller. They added Benny Logan. couple other players. But it's not like the Chiefs have had a, 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 a very active offseason. Nothing worth talking about, at least from a national standpoint. People complain so much when their, their, their team is not talked about by ESPN or Fox Sports. Well, look, you tell me. What is there to talk about with Kansas City? There really isn't anything. So this has been a, a relatively quiet offseason for the Kansas City Chiefs, and a big part of that has to do with the cap. Uh, they've they, they've tried to do some things. They did restructure Derek Johnson's contract, which is great news, something that I, I, I think it's, it's a fair deal, and it's so good for both sides. Derek Johnson still wants to be on this football team, and the Chiefs certainly want to keep Derek Johnson. So they're able to keep him, move forward with that, and create a little bit of cap space, which is, of course, good. Something the Chiefs desperately need this offseason. Kind of what makes you wonder uh, if there's anything going on with the Tony Romo situation. Tony Romo still is with the Dallas Cowboys. Surprisingly, uh, if you told me by the end of March he would still be a Dallas Cowboy, I would have said there was no way. He certainly would have been let go or traded by now, but it seems like... The Dallas Cowboys are having a hard time shopping him unless the Dallas Cowboys and either the Texans, the Chiefs, or the Broncos, the three teams, in my opinion, all have great defenses but are one quarterback away from really being a dominant contender, a Super Bowl contender, really. And it makes me wonder if an agreement has been made, but if they're holding off on the trade to see if Tony Romo and whoever the trade partner is, are working out a deal to restructure his deal. To give you guys an idea, the Chiefs have a little bit more than $5 million of cap room for this offseason, so there's not a whole lot to work with. Again, I'm kind of wondering maybe if this if this whole thing with the Chiefs being quiet and if Tony Romo still being on the Dallas Cowboys, if that has anything to do with it, maybe there's already a deal in place with the Chiefs or the Texans. You can't really say for sure until uh, there's a report out there from Schefter, Rappaport, Lycanfora, whoever it may be. But for right now, there hasn't been a whole lot to, to talk about with Kansas City's offseason. So uh, I mentioned last podcast, which is almost two weeks ago, that the Chiefs, by two different scouts, uh, Mayock and Matt Miller, were projected they're, they're, in the mock drafts are expected to pick up a quarterback. One mock draft says the Chiefs are going to get Deshaun Watson, and another mock draft says that the Chiefs are going to get Deshaun Kaiser. Or pardon me, uh, not Deshaun Kaiser, uh, Pat Mahomes from Texas Tech. Now I've got to say, I, I think one team's certainly in need of a quarterback. Definitely the Chicago Bears. You look at their offseason, and I'm bringing up the Chicago Bears because their quarterback activity could have an impact on the Chiefs. 
And I've got to tell you what the Chicago Bears are doing. I don't I don't see the recipe for victory in this. They acquired Mike Lennon and then they signed Mark Sanchez. They got David Fales and Connor Shaw also in there. You know, one of them will probably survive in training camp. Who knows? Maybe they they cut a pair of these guys. Maybe Mark Sanchez ends up being the odd man out. I don't know. But I just don't know what exactly the Bears are trying to do or what they see in guys like a Mike Glennon or Mark Sanchez. So this really hasn't been the greatest offseason for the Bears, at least from a fan standpoint. But if you're the Chiefs and if you really want a new quarterback here in Kansas City, well, door is kind of wide open because the Chicago Bears are definitely not drafting a quarterback. If they do, they're paying multiple quarterbacks and you definitely don't want to do that. So overall, right now, the Chicago Bears, to me, are out of the sweepstakes. Now, the Denver Broncos, worth mentioning, yes, they had Trevor Simeon who... Had some flashes. They also had Paxton Lynch, who was not used a whole lot last year and was drafted in the first round. And there was some talk about how the Chiefs were targeting Paxton Lynch and the Broncos traded up, possibly got the word from some other team or another uh, front office executive. Who knows? Uh, But they must have found out somehow, traded up, and they were able to get him. That's at least uh, the rumor. There there are a lot of rumors and smokescreens that come out on on draft week and then on, on the day of the draft. So who knows? But... Uh, that's another thing to consider. I, I don't think I don't I don't foresee the Broncos going after a quarterback in the draft. A lot of people keep bringing up Tony Romo, and the reason that you would acquire Tony Romo even after drafting Lynch would be because of veteran experience, and if you trust that Romo would be healthy for 2017 and maybe 2018 if he continues to play that long. So for the Chiefs, you know, what are they doing with their quarterback situation? Because I think that's really the million-dollar question. You know, what what's Kansas City going to do? Obviously, Nick Foles has moved on. He actually ended up going back to Philadelphia. Alex Smith, of course, is your starter, and, and I know so many people are torn on that. A lot of people like him, a lot of people don't. You guys already know where I stand on this. I, I, think, I don't think you're going to go any further with Alex Smith. Your backup is Tyler Bray. Joel Stave was signed in the offseason, and I, I just don't know. He's a project guy. He's a guy who might get cut after OTAs, possibly get a chance in the preseason. Who knows? The Chiefs did have five quarterbacks in the preseason, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the year before. So uh, they, they may give him a chance to, to prove himself in postseason games. We'll see. Tyler Bray did receive a two-year contract. Uh, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is the final year of his deal, so uh, Tyler Bray is someone who's, who's looking to try and extend his career and possibly move up in the rankings. This is, for right now, he is a backup for the Chiefs, and uh, that, that that is a huge step for him, trying to move up to that role, and if an injury occurs, he would be the guy that they put up uh, put out there on the field. So the, the Chiefs quarterback situation, again, not, not the prettiest, uh, you definitely have got to find somebody. If your goal is the Super Bowl, which that is the, the case with all, all 32 NFL teams, you know you want to make a switch at quarterback. So you've got to you've got to look for it. And you guys know me; I, I've been calling for Deshaun Watson for a long time, and I'm hoping that's the case. I don't think he's going to be available at 27, though. I just don't. And I think the Chiefs need to do something to trade up and acquire him. And 
I think he can be your long-term guy. He's going to be the quarterback of the of the franchise for a very long time if the Chiefs can make that move. The things that he's able to do, and we saw what Mike Vick did, and I really do think there are a lot of similarities to Mike Vick and Deshaun Watson, and Andy Reid, of course, had Mike Vick in Philadelphia, and won the comeback player of the year, got that second chance under Andy Reid, and really made the most of his second chance in Philadelphia. So I think if... Andy Reid does something similar, brings in a similar quarterback like Mike Vick, bringing in Deshaun Watson. I think it bodes well for Kansas City for a very long time, and I think you're going to finally see uh, extended success in the postseason. When I'm saying extended success, I'm talking about the AFC title game, possibly the Super Bowl. So uh, that's a move you've got to make if uh, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, I think at least. So that's really it. There's not much to talk about with Kansas City's offseason. I really do think a big part of the, the the whole cap space, you know, Derek Johnson restructuring it and having $5 million kind of makes me wonder, uh, are, are, are they selling the Tony Romo sweepstakes? Because that's been going on for a long time and it's really hard to tell uh, what the case is with that. But all we can do is, is speculate or just wait for that to unfold. I do want to talk about the Oakland Raiders possibly moving to Las Vegas. Uh, There's been a report that came out uh, that uh, the NFL will be voting this week. And by the time we do an episode, possibly this weekend, uh, we'll, of course, have an update. Maybe it'll be for sure as to what the situation is. However, Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, from Bleacher Report, confident that owners will vote for the Raiders to move to Vegas, and he said it's going to be an exciting day for Vegas. I'll tell you what, uh, you know, as someone who's been to Vegas a lot, I go about once or twice a year. I think this is a great idea. They're getting a, an, an NHL team, so I think that's going to be great for for the city of Vegas. I, I mentioned this in October when I went to Vegas to see a an NBA preseason game between the Lakers and Warriors. I went to the T-Mobile Arena, which I really hope to one day catch a UFC event there. That is an incredible arena. And I I got to go to the Sprint Center uh, for one of the Big 12 tournament games and for one of the, uh, for the Elite Eight game between KU and Oregon. I'll tell you what, man, those two arenas, very similar to each other. Sprint Center, outstanding arena. And I'm excited to go back next month to see the UFC uh, I think it's going to be a great turnout and going to be a great event too. It's a stacked card, uh, but the, the the T-Mobile Arena, beautiful arena, slightly better than the Sprint Center, of course. More recent arenas should be better. The, the, there are more ideas out there and more ideas to replicate and try to combine different ideas for one arena. So of course the T-Mobile Arena, and especially where it is in Vegas. Uh, it's going to be a better arena, and, and they're going to have bigger events because of the market, and that's okay. That's not a bad thing by all means. Uh, but I think it's great for the city of Vegas that they're getting a hockey team in that beautiful T-Mobile arena, and the La- the Las Vegas Raiders, I guess that's what we should be calling them soon, uh, if the report of Jerry Jones saying it should be expected, if he's confident. I think it's great, and I'll tell you what, as Chiefs fans... That's got to be the greatest news I've personally heard this offseason. Because personally, as someone who's been to Vegas, and if any of you guys have been to Vegas before, I think you guys can be, be on board with this. If the Chiefs go to visit the Raiders, 
Why not plan a road trip? If you're going to do a, your... Vegas is one of those places. I've been there a dozen times, and there are still places that I've seen that I, I have not experienced yet. There's a ton to do in Vegas. There's a lot to see. And I think you can make that case with any city, really, but... I mean, in Vegas, it's really just one strip where you really need to be. Sure, there's the Fremont downtown, uh, which you can visit occasionally, but it is kind of an older place, and all the newer stuff, especially right in the heart of the strip in Las Vegas, uh, that's where a lot of people want to be when they visit the city. If you put the uh, the Raiders in Vegas, heck, why, why wouldn't you schedule your... Vegas visit around when the Chiefs are going to go play the Raiders, assuming they stay in the AFC West. I think that is the best time to go to Vegas if you're a Chiefs fan. Go out there, you know, take Thursday, Friday off from work, enjoy the city for a couple of days. You got your ticket to go see the the Raiders and the Chiefs in Vegas on Sunday or whatever day it might be. Maybe maybe a Thursday. Who knows? But I think that's a great reason to go to Vegas. So as a Chiefs fan, I'm stoked. Now, if you're a Giants fan, uh, this has very minimal impact. The only time it would affect you is once every eight years when the when an NFC team visits an AFC team and vice versa. When they have that eight-year cycle. So to me personally, as a Chiefs fan, as a team that in, in which the Raiders are in the AFC West, I love it. Uh, and listen, I know... Chiefs fans are anti-Raiders, understandably so. But listen, if we're going to talk from an objective point of view, Raiders fans, are, I mean, you've got to give credit to them. As obnoxious as they can be, as, as, as crazy as they might be from our point of view, they are a passionate fan base. Uh, I, I think uh, lines get blurred on this when I say this, but Chiefs fans and Raiders fans are very similar, but in different ways. I mean, Chiefs fans, sure, they, they're the more logical fan base, whereas the Raiders... Uh, they're, they're, they're a heavily biased fan base and they're, they're a little nutty, but that's okay. You know, every fan base has that. And I think that's fine. I mean, look at Kentucky fans. Uh, they burned a TV after losing to, to North Carolina. So clearly Kentucky fans are the Oakland Raiders of college basketball. But anyway, back on point here. I think another reason, and again, I'm going to avoid selfishly because me selfishly, I love it for the Chiefs standpoint and possibly scheduling an event to Vegas to see the Chiefs on a Sunday and then come back on Sunday night or or, or Monday morning. For me personally, I got to feel for Raiders fans because they really do deserve a better stadium. That horrible Stadium, they just need a new stadium. I remember Kendall Gammon, who's with the Chiefs Radio Network, posted a photo of uh, Raiders facility members. They grabbed a cup, one of those cups that you get like out of McDonald's, uh, and they have them throughout stadiums. They put a cup on a ceiling and then used uh, duct tape to keep it there because of excessive dripping. Which eventually it's going to overflow in the cup, so it's a horrible idea to begin with anyway. Uh, you don't want to use a bucket because apparently where they were, it was in the press box area. And people are always moving around in the press box. So they, there's really not a lot of options there other than to use a cup. That's just one of many examples. And listen, for, for, from a baseball standpoint, I think the Oakland Athletics need to get out of that stadium too. They really do. Now, I do feel for the Raiders fans in Oakland because... 
They're a passionate fan base, and I know this franchise has moved around a couple of times. Uh, yeah, sure, they're in the same state, L.A. to to Oakland, but L.A. to Oakland, for most cases, I, I mean, look, I, I don't know how far the, the distance is exactly. I believe it's about close to 400 miles. So, again, 400 miles in California, if you are if you start from Southern California and you go up, or from Northern you go down, uh, you're going to stay in the same state. But if you go 400 miles from Kansas City in any direction, you're going to possibly cross over another state to get to another. So, uh, I, I, I think the northern part of Texas, uh, I don't think that's 400 miles from, from Kansas City to Texas. Uh, it might be close, who knows, but... Uh, my, my, my point is, yeah, sure, they're in the same state, but the distance is still there for for these Raiders fans. So because they've populated so much, and I, I have no idea what the – I'd love to talk to someone from L.A. who I know about this. Uh, this just kind of came to mind. What's L.A.'s loyalty in terms of a fan base? Because they had the Rams. They had the Raiders. They both left. The Rams came back, and now they have the Chargers – and I think L.A. fans have kind of supported the Chargers because San Diego and L.A. are fairly close to each other. But I'm kind of curious. I, th- that city has had so many different franchises over the years. Who are they loyal to? Are there still fans in L.A. who love the Raiders? I don't know. But overall, the Raiders, very passionate fan base. Whether you like them or not. You don't have to like them to agree with that. So I'd be happy for the Raiders fan base. That they're getting a better stadium. And having been to Vegas, I have seen a lot of Oakland Raiders gear there. So there is a strong contingency of Raiders fans in Vegas. So I think it's obvious as to why they're taking why that's a, a considered location, or at least one reason why. And I think it was kind of I don't know, I, I, I guess maybe frowned upon having a pro sports team there for gambling purposes. You, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious how uh, gambling is going to be with an NHL team and possibly an NFL team there. I think that's something to keep an eye on. But overall, I'd be happy for the Raiders fan base. They deserve a better stadium. And with the state-of-the-art stadium that's being proposed and with the amount we're seeing for the Rams, for the Chargers, for the Raiders... Uh, other NFL teams are kind of considering this. We've seen a couple of teams recently get this. I'm excited to see Atlanta's new stadium. That looks like it's definitely worth visiting one day. There are a lot of great stadiums out there that I, I think would be worth going just to just to visit and see the atmosphere, see, see the stadium. I, I love visiting opposing, uh, or not opposing, but other venues for arenas and stadiums because I like to see differences. I, I haven't seen a whole lot out there. Uh, I'd hope to see, I, I'd like to see more uh, later on, but... Uh, I, I, I'd like to see what, what this Raiders stadium will look like in Vegas in person. Yeah, sure. They have the designs and all, but you know, pictures and the 3d images, the, the, the computer graphics, that's one thing in person. It's a completely different thing and a lot better in person. What do you think about that? Let me know on social media. Would you go to Vegas to see a chiefs and Raiders matchup? And, and listen, I know Going to a Raiders game as an opposing fan is a scary deal. And Vegas, man, I think it's going to be a lot more entertainment than having a home crowd behind you. Because, listen, it is the most visited city in America. Maybe in the world. Who knows? Uh, I don't know if that's... I know it's the most visited city in America. 
But as far as the world, it's got to be up there. I imagine it's up there. And I think even if you're not a fan of the Raiders or whoever they're playing, wouldn't you buy a ticket just to see the stadium? Just to see an NFL game at another venue? I, I mean, I'd love to visit as many NFL venues possible, other sporting venues possible, to see that, as I mentioned. So I think there's going to be a lot of people attending games in Vegas who aren't necessarily fans of the Raiders or even whoever's playing. So that's my thought. I want to know from you. Let me know on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian and Twitter.com slash Farzine21 or at Farzine21. Let me know on Facebook and Twitter. Would you guys go to Vegas to see a Chiefs and Raiders game? What would your weekend be like? Would you do what I suggested? Take a couple of days off from work. You know, use your vacation days on a Thursday, Friday, and possibly a Monday for you to fly back. Visit the city for a couple of days. Enjoy what Vegas is about. And on Sunday, you you spend that day out at the stadium, at the new Raider Stadium in Vegas. How would you plan that trip? I'd be curious to know that part too as well. Time to wrap up the show. Let's go around the NFL. All right, I mentioned the NFL is looking for ways to improve and also clarify some things uh, that fans, the media, and even people that are within the organization uh, need clarification on. Troy Vincent, the executive vice president of NFL Football Operations. I don't know why you would need to have his title be NFL Football Operations. He's essentially the VP of National Football League Football Operations. I think his title is uh, a little redundant there. But anyway, he says that illegal hits could result in immediate ejections. And there is a video that will be coming out soon of examples of flags and when officials need to call a, a bad hit, a flagrant hit, and what will result as an ejection. Listen, it's about time they do this. Not only do you need to start ejecting players, whoever gets ejected also should have some sort of a fine. A a 10% fine from that weekly paycheck because these things are going to continue until you do something about it. And now the NFL is doing something about it. The NFL gets criticized quite a lot for not doing something about player safety. I think it's time we applaud them and give them credit for this because what we've been asking for, they're finally doing they're finally coming up with a solution to this also a video is coming out to clarify what celebrations are allowed and not allowed listen as long as you're not flipping people off you're not throwing the football at anybody and hurting anyone just let the players dance and and, and enjoy the moment for a couple seconds Gosh, I mean, I remember watching the KU and Michigan State game. LeGerald Vic made a dunk, and they called a foul because he just, he he said something to a player, and that's considered taunting. Come on, or, I'm sorry, it was a Michigan State pl- player doing it. I can't remember. I think it was a KU player who did it. Yeah, it was a KU player. Yeah, it was Vic. I just remembered, but come on. Enough with the sensitivity. Now, one other thing the NFL is trying to do, the league is looking to have fewer commercials 
to try to improve ratings. Now listen, I don't. if you're a commercial, I'm all for it because there are times where a team calls a timeout, they score a touchdown, kick a field goal, take a commercial break. You do the kickoff commercial break. And then before that timeout, there's another commercial. I mean, there's essentially a, pl- a touchdown play and the extra point attempt. You, you, you got the commercial there, the kickoff, and then another commercial. It's way too many commercials. So I'm all for this. I got I, Props to the NFL. Let's give a big round of applause to the NFL. Big hand. The NFL is doing some things that have frustrated fans and... Listen, I don't know if this is going to improve the ratings because we've seen these commercial chaos for a long time. But it's an attempt, and I think you can respect that. A lot of people kind of blame the ratings decline on the election and and the importance of that last year. Listen, we've had, and I understand the importance of last year's election, but we've had elections before, some some really important elections uh, in 2008. 2012, the NFL never saw a ratings decline there, and it's not like all of these campaigns and debates happened during NFL games. They never interfered with it, with each other, so I don't buy that excuse, but we'll see how things go this year without uh, an election taking place. Maybe, maybe that was the case, who knows? I don't think so, but still an effort to try to improve the ratings, I can applaud that. Good for the NFL. Let's go out of bounds. All right, I'll get to the KU loss in a moment, but downtown was painted red and blue. Uh, they were in sports mode. We see this for the Royals. We see this for the Chiefs. We, we, we saw the attacks in, in Paris uh, when uh, power and, or downtown Power and Light, they all came together and had the uh, France colors, as well as many cities across the world did. Uh, so we see this uh, from time to time uh, downtown. Uh, but KU... The KU colors and the Marriott Hotel with the Jayhawk logo, that drew a lot of anger. A lot of anger. Uh, Listen, if you're offended because a local college team is is getting support, especially because they're playing in Kansas City and there's going to be a strong turnout of Jayhawk fans there, uh, I don't know. Stay away from the internet. Stay, Stay away from downtown. If you're that sensitive... I don't know what to tell you. I remember a Chiefs preseason game a couple of years ago. On the bottom corner, uh, on the right-hand corner, right next to the score, they had a the, uh, KCTV5 and the Chiefs were able to sell a sponsor for each quarter. And during the second quarter, it the University of Kansas was the sponsor. So they put a Jayhawk logo on the bottom right corner during the Chiefs preseason game. And By the way, this is proof people watch preseason games. KCTV5 was lit up on social media with a lot of hate and being accused of biasness and all this. Look, there are facts out there that support this. There are more KU fans than K-State and MU fans combined in the Kansas City area. And look, that's not a bad... There are still lots of Missouri fans and Wildcats fans. Don't get me wrong. But there's a strong contingency of KU fans... So, the whole thing about how Kansas City is in Missouri, we should be supporting the Missouri team. Just get it out the door. 
the Kansas City metro area, I don't care if it's Kansas or Missouri, I, to me it's all one area. We all root for the Chiefs. We all root for the Royals, Sporting Casey, college teams, yeah, we're torn there. But listen, don't get all up in arms. If it was the Tigers in the Elite Eight playing in Kansas City, they would light it up too. Black and gold and have the Tiger logo at the Marriott Hotel. Same with K-State. So relax. Just because your team doesn't get to that point in the tournament doesn't mean they're not getting supported. Just relax. This is pretty funny. An NBA general manager and a former player have said that Tinder, the dating app, is helping players in road games. They're calling it Tinderization. So the reason for this is because a lot of players, when they go on the road, they want to explore the city and they tend to get in, 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 in some trouble. They explore the city too much, they have too much to drink, and all kinds of things happen. And it's not always reported as to what happens on the road. Uh, I remember Dwayne Bowe, he, he mentioned that uh, they import women from MySpace and Facebook. This was at the time, of course, I mentioned MySpace, so you know this was a long time ago. Uh, this is kind of similar. So NBA players are apparently using Tinder to just hook up and stay in a hotel and since they're not going out, they're staying in, they're not getting in a whole lot of trouble. Listen, uh, we all have our opinions on on this culture of dating and how things work with relationships and whatnot. Uh, but hey, if, if players are staying out of trouble, and as long as the player and, and whoever they're with for the night, they agree to it, there's nothing wrong with it. There's really not. If... NBA players are staying out of trouble. I'm all for it. MU gets Michael Porter Jr. And listen, it may only be for one year, the top recruit for basketball. K-State fans can relate to this because they had Michael Beasley for one year. And that one year, it got K-State fans excited. I don't know if, if, if it's going to be enough to get MU in the NCAA tournament, but... There's going to be something to look forward to for basketball games. I know when the Chiefs were bad for a few years, Jamal Charles was still a bright spot. We enjoyed watching him and a couple other players here and there. For the Royals, it was Billy Butler, Alex Gordon, Hosmer, a couple players that we enjoyed watching during those down years. Final story I want to get into. Speaking of the Royals, the World Baseball Classic is not going away, people. Uh, People were upset with the... Salvador Perez and Drew Butera collision, and, and people were accusing Drew Butera of doing it intentionally on his own teammate. Uh, look, people want to play for their country, and some people are not playing for their own country. Drew Butera was playing for Italy. Uh, people want to go out there and, and have more playing time and get more of an opportunity to, to show themselves. And I think that's what Drew Butera was simply doing, playing for another country, getting more, more reps. But listen, uh, you cannot criticize this because of the Salvador Perez injury and then all I saw people criticize this it was mostly Royals fans and then Royals fans were excited because USA won the WBC so you can't have it both ways you you really can't I'm happy for USA don't get me wrong I also don't think the WBC should go away it just shouldn't that Perez injury could have easily happened in a Royal Spring training game easily so to me, I just think it's fans trying to complain about something, and it's just not going to go away just because of one injury. Injuries happen in the Olympics, in in FIFA, FIBA, whatever, in an international sporting event, and it could have easily happened in, in a practice or a preseason game. Get over it. It's not going away. 
Time to throw some flags. Okay, I've got to criticize Royals fans again because there was a report out there that Brett Laurie was rumored uh, to possibly join the Royals. He was rumored to at least visit them uh, because the Royals are looking for a better second baseman. And Royals fans were against this because in 2015, uh, early 2015, Brett Laurie had a very aggressive slide into Alcides Escobar. And even though he, he he was with the A's at the time when he was a member of the White Sox last year, and when he came to Coffin Stadium was at the plate to bat, he got booed every single time. And listen, fans fans will boo for anything. If a player leaves and goes to another team, they'll boo them when they come back. It, 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 maybe Billy Butler. Those kind of players don't get booed. I remember Trent Green got booed for a preseason game when he came back as a member of the Dolphins. Uh, and now he's loved, of course, because he's, he's retired from the game. But uh, listen, uh, the whole Tyree Kill thing has just kind of made me realize, look, if we can embrace and love and, and forgive Tyree Kill, I think we've got to be open-minded for just about every every player. I, I, the only exception would be murder. But even then, look at Mike Vick, uh, the whole dogfighting thing and everything that happened there. And the chance that he got. And let's not forget... The head coach who gave him that chance is the head coach of the Chiefs right now. So listen, I'm not opposed to Brett Laurie coming here. If if we can forgive Tyreek Hill, of all players, we can forgive Brett Laurie. By the way, I know Chiefs fans don't like this subject. However, I want to revisit this. And don't get me wrong, Chiefs fans are actually going to appreciate this. Because there is a pro athlete out there who maybe hasn't done things worse than Tyreek Hill, but very close. And that player is getting a lot of support from fans. I'll tell you guys who in in the next podcast that will be out this weekend. All right, I mentioned I was in Vegas uh, last weekend, and I, I came across Mike Tyson. He had seven security guards with him. You're Mike Tyson. What do you need seven security guards for? And I, and I know what people are going to say. It's not for Mike Tyson. It's it's for other people who might mess with Mike Tyson. Okay, I'll just say this now. If you're that dumb to mess with Mike Tyson, you just deserve to be KO'd. You just do. And listen, I get it. He doesn't want to be bothered. I think that's another reason. He's just trying to... He was there for an autograph signing and then got the heck out of there. Uh, but... Gosh, really? A former fighter needs seven security guards? I don't don't care if you're Mike Tyson or if you are the worst UFC fighter of all time. A fighter, current or former, do not need security guards. Come on. Uh, People might just want a hug or an autograph and whatnot, but trust me. Like if I if I want to mess with a celebrity, I'm not messing with a fighter. I, I I'm not gonna try to pick up a fight with them. First of all, I would not want to pick up a fight with any celebrity because they'll beat me in court. That'll be an even worse KO. But this one, come on, uh, th- th- no one's gonna mess with Mike Tyson. Just no one. All right, final flag, and I'm throwing it on this clown, uh, a uh, writer for. The Charleston Post and Courier, uh, David Caravillo, 
I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, but this guy's a clown, man. Uh, here's what happened. Uh, a young boy named Max who was representing Sports Illustrated Kid for kids. And uh, d- during the Sweet 16 on Friday in Ca- San Jose, he asked South Carolina coach and former K-State coach Frank Martin a question, which, you know, these SI kids, they're trying to get them out there to learn about the industry, get familiar, and hopefully they can have a career out of this. And the kid asked Frank Martin, when you coach and teach your team defense, what's more important, technique or attitude? Frank Martin was blown away by the question. He loved it. And he said, first of all, a lot of respect to you. That's a heck of a question. I've been doing this a long time, and that's the first time anyone's ever asked me that. That's a heck of a question. No, listen, of course, if a Kansas City star reporter asks that, he's not going to praise them because that's expected of them, which... By the way, a lot of reporters out there ask a lot of dumb questions in, in press conferences and in other sports interviews, too. Uh, but listen, Frank Martin is simply trying to give this kid uh, some confidence, trying to trying to encourage him to continue to do this. This crazy guy, uh, David Caravillo, goes on Twitter and complains about it, says it's an off-topic question, and he, he the, the 40 or so seconds that it took for the question and for Frank Martin's response, which he, he of course answered the question eventually. He complained about this saying that it prevented him and other writers to possibly meet their deadlines. First of all, this story of Max made national headlines on USA Today everywhere. So this David guy, he's just jealous because This kid is getting more attention than his story. Second of all, no one cares about your stupid deadline. Okay? Listen, these late games, sports editors have to be understanding that these late games, especially if you're on the East Coast and you're covering a game on the West Coast, you just have to be a little open and understanding that an article is going to come late and you're going to have some late hours on certain situations. When the Royals are playing on the West Coast, Kansas City sports editors know it's going to be a long night. That's just the way the industry is. So this guy can just shut up about his deadline, okay? It's not the end of the world. It's a kid. I'd rather see a kid and hear stories about this and less about kids who are getting into trouble and unable to have a better future because of the amount of times they got into trouble as kids. So... This guy who, by the way, got lit up on Twitter, and rightfully so. I Listen, I get lit up on Twitter sometimes for my opinions. I don't care. I've got thick skin. But, man, to, to just down talk about a kid asking a question. And, by the way, I guarantee you the kid was nervous as hell. Because these kinds of interviews are done, in, or press conferences, I should say, are done in large rooms. And there are tons of people. Because... It's, it's not a regular season game. This is the tournament. So you've got people from ESPN, the New York Times, the Washington Post. Everybody and anybody is in that room, basically. Every single media outlet. And I guarantee you the kid was nervous. And he asked it like a pro. I, heck, the question he asked is better than any question I've ever asked some players and coaches. So, uh, listen, I can admit when I see a good... That did he... Did someone tell him to ask that? Probably. But oh well. Big deal. Of course, no kid is smart enough on their own to come up with that. Of course, they may have gotten some guidance. 
This is a kid who's trying to get his feet wet, trying to cut his teeth. Maybe he wants to do this for a living one day. And then we've got guys like David who are down-talking kids who are trying to step in. If I had to take a guess, this guy, this writer, David Caravillo, doesn't talk to college kids to try to give them inspiration or, or advice. And unfortunately, I have met some people in this industry. I'm not going to say names. Uh, people who I've really enjoyed reading or, or listening to or watching on TV. And when I meet them in person, just to introduce myself, and this was in the past when I was in high school and college, and try to get some advice, it's really shocking when you see how they turn you down and they think that they're way better than you and anyone else out there. Um you know, I've had people who have messaged me and say, hey, look, I, I love your podcast. I, I want to do what you're doing. I want to do a podcast too. I encourage it. Uh, I think it's cool that, you know, I'm just an average guy who does a pot. I'm just talking into a microphone and looking into my computer screen, really. And people have told me they like it and they're inspired by that and they want to, they want advice. And I'm more than happy to provide that. I, I, I think it's ludicrous that people get so jealous and they're threatened by by sports blogs and kids who are getting a better education today than what what people did in journalism 20 years ago. Uh, listen, man, times are changing. Either you get with it or just quit your job and, and work somewhere where you're less threatened and you're less sensitive by someone else doing a better job than you in a press conference. It's unfortunate that we've got people like David Caravillo out there. He claims he was mis- misunderstood. No. Uh, you, you you pretty much tried to talk bad about a kid asking a question. You, you just did. There's no misunderstanding there. That's always the excuse when, when people get lit up on social media too, by the way. Hey, good for this Max kid. I hope he didn't hear about this story because I don't know how old he is, but maybe at his, at his age... Hearing about guys like David Caravillo might ruin his self-confidence, and and a kid doesn't need that. If a kid's out there trying to achieve his, I was 16 years old when I first interviewed a Chiefs player, and I was 17 when I was at Chiefs games with the rest of the media, and I was kind of starstruck. I I saw Jason Woodlock, other guys uh, respected this kid as someone who was a teenager who started interviewing players and coaches. I, I can respect the kid for doing the same thing, except he's doing it a lot younger than I was doing it. And one last thing, I know I'm going a little over on this, but Bill Self, man, I, I, I've just got to say, um, and, and I'll keep it brief, he is the most overrated head coach in college basketball. Listen, I, I hate to sound like a spoiled fan, because I am a KU fan, but listen, you're KU. The standard is to get to the Final Four. He's had back-to-back first-round exits and so many upsets. Bucknell, Bradley, Northern Iowa, VCU, Michigan State in 2013, Stanford, Wichita State. This this Elite Eight loss to Oregon, that was not necessarily... A three beating a one is nothing unheard of. But, damn it, this was in Kansas. You might as well have played the game in Allen Fieldhouse. Like, this was in your own backyard. I was at the game, and it was 95% KU fans and about 5%, maybe even a little less than that, Oregon fans. And you lost. When KU beat Michigan State in the round of 32 to advance at the Sweet 16 to eventually get a chance to play in Kansas City, 
for the Sweet 16 and possibly the Elite 8. I, I, I told my friends, I said, they're in the Final Four. It's over. They are in the Final Four going into the Sweet 16. They're playing at essentially Allen Fieldhouse or Allen Fieldhouse East, whatever you want to call it. And they lost it. And I've got to tell you, man, Bill Self is the most overrated head coach in college basketball. Congratulations on winning 13 straight regular season titles. That means nothing. He's only had one national title to show for it, and the only reason he has that national title is because Memphis couldn't make their free throws. Now listen, same thing could be said about the Atlanta Falcons this year. The only reason Brady has a fifth ring is because the Falcons just completely collapsed. Fine. That's fine. But at the end of the day, Bill Self, I don't think he's that top-tier college basketball coach that people make him seem to be. Regular season conference titles means nothing. UConn doesn't win their regular season every single year for their conference. And guess what? They've won four national titles in the last 17 or 18 years. That's more than KU's won. So you tell, listen, KU's a powerhouse program, but there are programs like UConn who have more national titles. Bill Self is overrated. Losing to, listen, if this was a loss in St. Louis or Chicago, I probably wouldn't even be saying the things I'm saying now. But this was a loss in Kansas City, and out of all the other losses you've had in the NCAA tournament, and the amount of times Bill Self chokes in the Elite Eight, he's overrated. And he's just proving it more and more every year. Listen, the Elite Eight, that's a great place to be if you're UMKC or... MU or K-State, and with all due respect to those programs, their standard is not like KU's. For KU, you've got to make the Final Four if you want to be known as a powerhouse program, which KU is. But how can you really be that powerhouse team if you're not making the Final Four? Only made it twice under Bill Self. So listen, these 13 straight conference titles, forget about it. He's overrated. I know KU fans probably hate hearing what I just said, but it's a damn truth, man. And I'm not saying fire him. I got tweets saying, who, who would you rather have? I never said fire the guy. Because look, there's, if you fire someone, you better bring in someone better. And it's hard to bring someone better than Bill Self. Bill Self is a great head coach in the regular season. See, this is why they play playoff games and tournament games. They don't crown a Super Bowl champion for the best regular season record. They have a they have the playoffs for that. And that's why KU has only 3 national titles. They win a lot in the regular season, they sure do. Come tournament time, they fall flat at one point and Bill Self, uh, he he's he's been pretty of that a lot. Listen, Roy Williams never won a title here. But he never lost in the first round. And he took KU to the Final Four in back-to-back years before leaving for UNC. And he's in the Final Four right now with UNC. I'll say it again. Bill Self, overrated, most overrated head coach in college basketball. I know you all disagree with me, so let me know about it. Tweet me at Farzine21. Send me an email, Farzine at FarzineVasugian.com. And my Facebook page, (laughs) Facebook.com. Slash Farzine Vasugian. Look, I, I know you disagree with me, but you can't hide from the facts. If you're going to disagree with me, look, let's have a friendly conversation about it, but please tell me why I'm wrong and give me facts about it. Yeah, he's got a national title, sure. A lot of coaches do. 
When you're at KU, the standard is different. You gotta have multiple national titles. You gotta have more appearances at the Final Four. 13 straight? Only two Final Four appearances? Sorry. I, I, you've got to have more if you're going to be a top 10 paid coach nationally. That'll do it for this edition of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. If you are an MMA fan, if you love UFC Bellator, my new UFC podcast or MMA podcast, it'll be mostly UFC prominent, like any MMA blogger or, or podcast. It'll be coming out this Friday, so check it out. The Cage Zone Podcast will be making its debut on iTunes as well as YouTube and my website, FarzinVasugian.com, this weekend. So check it out. We'll be talking about money fights and when the UFC is going to stop doing this. I'll tell you guys when on that podcast. So please check it out if you're a fan of mixed martial arts. As always, Facebook.com slash FarzinVasugian. Follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. Follow me, like my page. Email me, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. That's another way to interact with me. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Watch it on YouTube or listen to on YouTube if that's another way you prefer to listen to the podcast. Or go to my website, FarzineVesugian.com. Wrapping up the show here. Hopefully we'll have something more to talk about with the Chiefs. Maybe the Raiders officially finally moving to Vegas. We'll probably have more to talk about this weekend. Hopefully. Hopefully. It hasn't been a very active offseason for the Chiefs. But nonetheless, there will be a podcast this weekend. So the Chiefs Zone will be out again this weekend on Friday. Check it out there. And the Cage Zone will make its debut on Friday as well. As far as Vesugian, thank you so much again for downloading and listening. Please share the show on social media. Always appreciate it when you guys spread the word. Until then, I'll talk to you this weekend. Have a good week.